it's still very much Halloween based. So yeah, yeah, it's themed. Yeah, it's still themed. The re-theming. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about spectacular movies. It's the Guys on Film podcast. Can you just react as if I've just played live the first eight bars of the Halloween theme tune? Oh, fucking hell, mate. That's very impressive. Thank you. For you. Um, yeah so that was um, that was a little uh, rendition of uh, John Carpenter's uh, Halloween the theme tune uh, you should you should cut out the bit of you asking me to react to it and make that the intro (laughs) (laughs) don't tell me what to do (laughs) okay but you'll you'll do it I might do what's on today's show Ollie we've kind of got your usual stuff um, so we've first oh, off boring. we've got like a, no it's not that boring it's it's pretty cool actually so um, first off uh, Ian your your job application has been successful and in fact I will be interviewing you for the role that you have uh, applied for does that make sense you said my job application has been successful you mean I've got an interview you've got an interview for the job that okay. you've applied for so I hope you've done the research and and that you know. Uh, very important role. We'll be on that soon. Uh, we've got some life scores. I think we've both been watching some Halloween-related things. Yeah, um, scary films. Have we got a deep dive or or have we just got a, a kind of chat? I think it's more of a creep dive. Okay, that sounds um, good. I like that. It's a 4X creep dive. Actually, it's not. It's just a selection of things that we've come up with. It's kind of like a pick and mix of seggy ones that we've done in a Halloween theme. Yeah. So we've got some true or false. We've got some uh, scary or less scary, higher or lower. We're just we're rerunning all the old formats, but we're giving them a Halloween spectacular twist. Also, as you'll be pleased to hear, we've got a Halloween-themed name game at the end as well. Brilliant. Actually, this is... Um, I had a look back earlier on, and we did a Halloween spectacular, and I was like, this must be Halloween spectacular four. Yeah. The respookening. Um, yeah, but actually, turns out we only ever did one of those in the first month that we ever made the podcast. So actually, we're entering our fifth year as a podcast. How wow. do you feel about that? Um, guys on Bill, yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the guys on Bill podcast with Rip. You know what guys talk about Bill? It's the guys on Bill podcast with Rip. Oh well, um, thanks for. Um, taking the the call and taking the time out of your day to uh, take this interview, really appreciate it, and you know, best of best of luck. I'd like to say, okay, straight away. So, um, you know a little bit about the role. Obviously, you've applied for it, so <laughs> be a bit weird if you didn't. I guess the first question is, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, and you know, uh, when did you first know that that this sort of role was was just for you, your career path? I'm, I'm not really focused today, and, and I, a lot of the detail of this seems to have really slipped my mind, but I just get the impression from you and everything about the company that this is spot on for me. Um, <laughs> a, a little bit about myself. Yeah, a <laughs> um, little bit about yourself, please. A little bit about myself. Um, well, my name's David. Um, uh-huh. I'm 39. You, put, you said that it was Ian on the uh, on the form. <laughs> okay, I'm Ian. I'm 32. My current role is in the video games industry, um, okay. but I'm looking at maybe getting into something a little bit different because I've done that for about 10 years now, maybe a bit huh. longer. 15 huh. years, in fact. Huh. Okay. Okay. Anything else you'd like to know? Uh, why, why do you think you would be sort of, you know, it, it seems like a little bit of a leap from going to the, you know, sort of video games industry into what, what you're applying for. So I just kind of wondered what, you know, what your particular skills were uh, for this role. I've got a, I've got one specific skill that I think helps me out in a lot of different ways, and that's excelling at absolutely everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's all to play for, really. Just throw something at me. I think I'll be able to do it really, really well. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit can more I, about... Can I actually just... Yeah, okay, that's great. You're just moving on to what I was about to ask you because I feel like you're 
being a little bit um, evasive in the way you talk about the roles. There's something wrong with the role. Oh, no, no, not at all. I just, you know, I just kind of wanted to have your take on it, um, you know, before I give, give too much away. Um, so obviously you've applied for the role of, um, you know, Mr. Cruz's um, personal chef. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you obviously, you know that. So that's uh, that. the only reason I was saying, you know, it's a bit strange that you're applying to be a Tom Cruise's personal chef straight out of the video games industry. You, you can understand why as a recruiter, I have to obviously, you know, sort of clear that up straight away. But yeah. as you say, if you're just, if you excel at absolutely everything, and I'm sure you'll be fine. So just, I'm just going to get into the uh, meat um, <laughs> uh, of the uh, of the interview now. Just some questions. So obviously, Mr. Cruz, um, he likes a lot of global cuisine. Um, and as his personal chef, <laughs> what does your knowledge of global cuisine, especially Scottish cooking, for example, because it's, you know, where you're from, uh, what does that bring to the table, if you don't mind the pun? I do mind the pun, and I'd like to terminate the interview. You know, when you talk about global cuisine, I'm not 100% sure why you're asking me about food from where I'm from. Um, but as you know, I'm a very well-travelled person, so I, I've seen and tasted food all around the world. So I don't think there's <laughs> any problem there. Um, I've seen and tasted it but the reason I said that Ollie is because of course the first bite is with the eye so presentation is obviously really important too what can I say about Scottish food well I won't be an egomaniac and say it's the best in the world but I'd say it's definitely up there and I'm sure that Mr Cruz would quite like to sit down to a nice glass of iron brew fish and chips with some curry sauce on the side maybe some haggis supper deep fried in, in the mix in there Let's say, for example, Mr. Cruz is is shooting a a very important uh, stunt scene, which obviously, you know, takes up a lot of his um, acting time. How would you feel like um, a haggis supper or fish and chips with with curry sauce would, you know, would sit as he's, you know, doing these, you know, rough and tumble stunts? It's funny you should say that, because I think when he broke his ribs jumping from one building to another filming a Mission Impossible, he'd eaten something very light that day. But actually, it's really important to judge your jumping distance right. by having a low a low center of gravity and a very dense meal in your stomach <laughs> and a jobby lined up. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a turtle head almost <laughs> coming out of your arse. Okay, um, um, that's great. That's great. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Mr. Cruz is very wary of food poisoning after an unfortunate incident on uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Um, describe your knowledge of food safety and what precautions you take to ensure that you know that kind of incident doesn't happen again. Food really only goes in one direction once you start cooking it. As soon as you stop cooking it, um, you know. <laughs> That's that's your chance of like eliminating bacteria and all that stuff. That's that's all over once you start cooking it. So my my uh, ethos and mentality and all of this is just to cook the absolute arse out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when it comes to safety over taste or taste over safety, I'm always one to just go with safety. So whether it's something that's a a blackened piece of fish or chicken that's been boiled for three hours you know you just got to make sure that you've eliminated the threat and i think tom cruise would be pretty behind that mentality eliminate the threat who cares about okay taste? okay um mr cruise has a strictly no hair above the belt policy for chefs will this be an issue <laughs> i'm gonna have to think about that is it okay if I get back to you on our sure. next call? Well, this, we, we do to need to make a decision. The, the, the proper I'm, amount I'm, of time I'm to afraid think we about. do need to make a decision on this hire um, by the end of this um, podcast, really. So do you have any idea what Mr. Cruz's favourite foods are? <laughs> How would I know that? <laughs> I mean, guess. I mean, you could guess. I know that he likes a Bombay bad boy um, because I've seen him eat one. And that wasn't on television. It was actually when I spotted him... Um, on the street one day when he was filming in London, um, I know that he was um, supposed to be eating and catering, but sometimes he likes to slink off to nearby shops and taste the local cuisine for real. Um, so he was eating a pot noodle that day. He's also quite into custard and sponge. So like sort of school dinner style custard <laughs> and sponge. School dinners, yeah. That's something I'm, I'm capable of doing, no problem whatsoever. Again, 
if you cook it too much and it goes bad, you know, who who's caring? Use it because it's safe. I don't I don't know if he's I don't know if he's into it or not, but I could do him a nice omelette. He might be into that. Um, so I mean, he's he he really likes. Um, he's he loves. He's got more than one favorite food. Uh, he likes pasta. He loves junk food, lobster. He likes everything from uh, sashimi to rigatoni. So there we go. He and he, he loves regular meals. Have you read that online? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a lie. And uh, currently, the Church of Scientology are. Um, filing paperwork to have you taken off the internet. Okay, um, just a couple more things actually. So, uh, Mr. Cruz actually recently has a mostly raw food diet. Um, please describe a raw meal you might prepare for him. Well, it would have to just be a plate of potatoes because again, we're just talking about the safety risk. Raw, I'm not raw potatoes any kind of meat. are, I'm afraid, quite hazardous to eat raw. Yeah, oh, are they? Mm, oh, that's uh, going to go against you, I think. Not knowing that basic <laughs> fact, just we're going to have to move on from that one. Uh, consider, you know, seeing as you got it so, you know, fatally wrong. Badly wrong. So three meals a day are not enough for for Mister Cruz. Instead, he prefers a daily diet of fifteen snacks. Um, can you give me an idea of what sort of snacks you might prepare for him? Okay, so five fifteen a.m. I think I'd probably rustle him up a cheese toasty and soup. Okay. Just get him off to the a really, really good, good start savory start. Yeah, absolutely. Six thirty a.m. He's already been up and done a bit of his um, physical workout in the morning. I'm just going to give him a coffee, nothing mm. else. Then five minutes after he's finished the coffee, I'm going to give him some sort of pastry. Depends on where in the world we're filming, but I'm going to get him a pastry around seven a.m. He's going to start to feel peckish again, and that's when we're going to bring him lots of jelly sweets so he's got enough energy yeah. for the day. So we're talking Haribo, we're talking, you know, pick and mix of, of whole yeah. variety. Fruit salad, big laces with loads of sugar on them. I think he likes those. Yeah. Around 10 a.m. we're going to start getting savoury again. <laughs> and I think he's probably going to be into things like steak bakes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to probably do, probably going to take a leaf out of Greg's book or actually just go down to Greg's and buy him some and get steak bakes, sausage and bean melts, okay. that kind of thing. And I'd imagine that he'd want to be taking on board around a thousand calories at that point. In that one snack. In that's a snack. You've got to remember this guy's got muscle okay. mass to keep sure. up. Lunchtime snack, popcorn. Uh huh. He loves. He loves. No but justification. He, he actually refu- He he refuses to eat popcorn without a movie. He says it doesn't feel right. Does that include one that he's it's, making? Uh, no, it has to be already made. Um, okay, so that that's quite interesting. There's, <laughs> okay. there's some, you know, some good ideas for. Um, I mean, I can I can continue. Do you want me to? I continue? mean, I did I, say fifteen I snacks, but I, I am conscious of of time. Um, you know, we we have really sort of time boxed this interview to no longer than ten minutes. I'll, maybe you could give me his night time. I'll snacks. say one thing: all the remaining snacks in the day are going to be potato based. <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> that's great do you have a sense of humour because because Mr Cruz loves a good sense of humour I think so yes but judging by your tone in this interview I don't think you'll be a good <laughs> judge of that so I'd like to talk to Mr Cruz in person for him to make a judgement okay um, and finally do you have any questions for me at all before we make a decision does it does it include travel you would have to pay for your own travel and accommodation okay What's the upside? You would be making food for, uh, you know, for Mr. Cruz. I ask again, what's the upside? You would, you know, potentially be able to also eat some of that food. And you would get a, and you get a credit. You get a credit in a film. Ah, okay, now we're talking. So I could, you're telling me I could be eating raw potatoes and then getting my name in some of the biggest films in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's his take during this whole global pandemic? Is he, you know, is he still working? What's going on? Am I safe to go to work absolutely. with him? Absolutely. He's he's a he he loves a mask. He's, you know, wearing masks probably 22/7. Okay. Yeah, Tom Cruise famed for his mask. So wearing. yeah, very safe. He runs a very safe uh, tight ship. Safe tight ship. <laughs> when do you knock off? Um, in about 45 minutes. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. It sounds great. I'm, I'm sure I've done excellently in this interview. So um, I'll let you know. Oh, oh no, sorry. We'll, we'll be letting you know. <laughs> uh, nice. Okay, nice bye. Try. Okay, um, I'll, we'll let you know before the end of the podcast, okay? Okay, okay yeah. Great. Live score. How are you? Live score. I'm fine. Thank you. Live score. Out of 10. Live score. Pro- probably like a, a four. Hi, Ollie. How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Just been off the phone with, oh, God, this candidate for this job. Nightmare. No experience whatsoever. I think, you know, sometimes people can act weird when they're in a job interview scenario just because recruiters are such <laughs> I'll have to uh, bleep please, that out, please. but you might be right. You'll have to bleep you that out. You might be right. Um, yeah, so how's your life been since the last time we spoke on a podcast? Last time whenst we speak. Um, yeah, it's been good. I mean, we've still been in some level of lockdown, haven't we? It's been a good few months, but um, I've not been back to work in an office. I've been in my yeah. house, um, much like many other people. Um, it's been fine, though. I, I don't think it's been... Uh, for, like, I've got nothing really to complain about. It's all going mm. okay. Um, we actually managed to do an alternative staycation holiday in that time. So we went to visit my folks in Scotland. We were meant to go to Croatia and then that was all cancelled. So, uh, But luckily enough with that, we hadn't actually booked any accommodation yet. Right. Um, before the whole sort of pandemic hit. And then um, we managed to So how to get far did you travel from London to your staycation? It was, what's that like? 400 miles or something let's let's do some uh, live, no, well i mean um, you don't need to if you're saying around 400 miles and you're still calling it a staycation i don't yeah. think it's a staycation anymore it's a holiday it's a vacation it's an awaycation it's 510 that's, miles that's a vacation that is no longer a staycation mate if you're in the uk it's a staycation Where's where's we've had this argument before? Well, that's your opinion. Ollie's opinion is available. <laughs> well, I would like you to you know find out the official definition of a staycation. I think it's staying at home. Definition of it's got to be. What do you think at home? Staying at home. No. Okay. Definition of staycation: a holiday spent in one's home country rather than abroad. <sighs> Or, or one spent at home and involving day trips to local attractions. So your part's in there, but you're saying that my part is beyond the meaning of staycation, and it isn't. It's just not. I mean, you did kind so, of go um, to a different, completely different place. I mean, you know, went to Scotland, not England. But it's still Great Britain. <sighs> True. He's got so me on a technicality. It was lovely. I mean, it's not a technicality. <laughs> it's the gl- it's the glaringly obvious fact. So we're in Scotland. We had a lovely time. We stayed with my parents a bit, and then on the way back, we stayed in Glasgow a couple of nights. We took our dog Arnie with us, um, and we did some cool stuff. We went on lots of sort of daytime walks, which is very staycationy. Lots of little day trips to the places, but probably the most fun one of those was we went out and we canoed for wow. the uh, morning, which was cool. We we're on extremely still water on a loch um, called Sunart Loch Sunart, and um, it was like just really, really nice. With the dog, it was great. Um, no, the dog stayed at home with my mum and dad. Okay, um, I think. He could have ruined it for us if he was out with us on the water. I think he would have been very freaked out by yeah. it. But um, yeah, it was cool. Like it was kind of so still and calm in the water that it was just like very serene and beautiful. Mm. It was beautiful. What else has been going on? Uh, I've had a birthday actually since the last time we spoke, I think. Yeah. Um, and the re- reason I bring it up actually is just as far as what have I been getting up to? Well, I got a nice birthday gift, which was this um, manual thirty-five mil sorry thirty-five millimeter camera, which was like this Soviet-made camera that was um, sold abroad in the eighties. Okay. So it's from nineteen eighty-two, I think it was made, um, and it's called a cosmic symbol. How's that for a name? It's pretty cool. And do you have to buy film? It's like for all it? in its original box and stuff. 
Yeah, actually, I had a pile of like old Kodak film in the house, and it was still sort of well within its like time before it starts to deteriorate. I reckon when so it deteriorates, that a bit. it has it has its own kind of weird quality. Surely, yeah, it does. I think some of them go quite bad, but there there's a bunch of stuff you can do, like people kind of you know the whole lomography thing of like bleaching your film or mm. dyeing your film and stuff like that. And anyway, so. Did a bit of that. The first film didn't go particularly well, but then since then I kind of worked out how to use it properly and stuff. So it's been nice using that because you you get the moment of taking the film to the shop. Can you can you still buy film? Yeah, although that's actually what I was going to say is I, I had a bunch in the house, and then I went to buy some more, and it's gone up hugely in price. So, like a, a pack of eight films was like eighty five quid. What? What? Yeah, I know. The exact same ones that I had a pile of in the house. And I'm certain I only paid like 20 quid for them before. Hmm. So okay. it's not just face masks and hand sanitizer that have had a boom. Seemingly the the old Kodak film market has done well from COVID as well. Uh, so anyway, that was cool. Um, and like taking film to a shop and then waiting a full day to kind of see how things come out is kind of cool. Um, and then I've told you a bit about this off the podcast but we've been watching The Sopranos in this house as well um, so I've almost finished The Sopranos for like the fifth time and we're almost at the end of series six which has been cool I really and like how it many, how many series are there? Um, there's six but the sixth one is extra long ah ah okay um, it, in film related and uh specifically sort of spooky or horror related terms i've watched a couple of films recently um we watched extremely wicked shockingly evil and vile okay um which has a ridiculous name but um it's the story of ted bundy told in a kind of like strange way and actually um from his point of view i think he got some flack that the filmmakers then kind of tried to um come out with rebuttals against of going like hey we weren't glorifying this but it does kind of come at it from a very um bundy point of view pro bundy point like of i view. guess no not pro <laughs> bundy but it definitely makes the viewer em- like empathize with him a lot and kind of well you certainly did yeah <laughs> i certainly did yeah um we spoke about this a long time ago, perhaps even on the podcast, but James Hetfield of Metallica fame is in this yes. film. Um, he plays a small bit part as a cop that pulls him yep. over. Um, and I thought he did I thought he did great. Okay. Do you think um, he's got um, a career ahead of him in acting? If the if the music stuff don't take Highly off? unlikely. <sighs> but you just said he was good. <laughs> he was all right. He, was, um, he wasn't distracting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I just thought when I read his name in my notes here, like he also gets called Papa Het, but is that not is that not like one of those nicknames that people um, yeah what's the word that kind of like make for themselves? You know when a person's like yeah everyone calls me cool guy and <laughs> nobody calls them nobody calls them cool guy but they're trying to kind of set it up amongst like new newfound friends as like. Something they yeah, like, like to be I mean, you that was giving me the example of the one that you were trying to set off yourself. It yeah, didn't, exactly. I mean, it, it really didn't um, take off. Zac Efron plays Ted Bundy, yeah. And I thought, you know, it was it was all pretty okay. And then at the end of the movie, they play some real clips of Ted Bundy from sort of footage, documentary footage from, um, I don't know, I guess like TV, like newscasts and stuff like that, so historical footage, yeah. And it makes you realize how little acting was actually going on because loads of his mannerisms are just not in the way Zac Efron did it. Like, Zac Efron is just, like, kind of a vessel for the character rather than somebody that's acting really like him. He says the lines, but he doesn't really do the acting. Right. So he kind of, like, is this good-looking sort of Bundy, but not is really Is he just kind of playing like him in any way. Zac so, Efron? Zac Efron. Mm, not quite, but, like, there's a lot of, like, kind of ticks and laughter and stuff like that that are in the way that Bundy himself speaks that there was just none of in the film right. but the one thing in it was that I also watched and I would probably say this is better if anyone's interested in the Ted Bundy story but um, on Netflix there's a thing called Conversations with a Killer the Ted Bundy tapes 
And I thought it was really like pretty well put together documentary about him. And at the end of that, you've got no um, question that he has done everything that's involved in like the horrible killings that he committed. At the end of the movie in the court scene, like um, the way this film portrays Bundy as like bit like protesting his innocence and everything, it really like I don't know. It kind of like somehow casts into doubt what happened. Um, so it's a really strange angle that they've come at it from. I I kind of felt like it was the tone of it was a bit off and weird. Not not that it was glorifying him, but it was like so, somehow introducing grey area right. where there really isn't any. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's kind of what I've been watching. I also watched non-Halloween stuff like um, Ridley Scott's Black Rain. Have you ever seen that? I haven't, but I have recently watched a Michael Douglas film, so we'll get on to that. Okay. 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 Well, it's kind of like a, a mix of like a Hong Kong action movie and Blade Runner. Um, or like a... I don't know why, but Michael Douglas just seems like Michael Douglas and everything he's in. Yeah. Like, She's not like yeah. the same. As, oh yeah, you told me about Fatal Attraction. You were going to talk about that. Yeah, okay. She's kind of like he is in that, and he's kind of like he is in Wall Street. Very Michael um, Douglasy. Again, somebody that's just acting as themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it looks amazing. It looks really good, and um, it's got some biker gangs okay. in it. So I think it'd be up your street. And that's kind of it for me overall. Everything's going pretty well. I would say my life score is probably up there. It's an eight and a half at least. Oh, come on. How about you? I'm all, Ian, I'm fine. I've, I've, you know, I've been doing my regular things. At the start of lockdown, I decided let's start running. So I've been running uh, a lot recently. And I've, I'm faster now, now that I'm 40 years old, than I was when I was 30 years old. So, yeah! You know, how do you feel about that? It sounds good, mate. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Excellent. <clears throat> um, been learning the piano. Were you were you putting the same sort of effort in when you were thirty? Um, no, and that's probably what's done it. But I'm running most days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've also been. Um, Is that healthy though? What about your What about your uh, knees and hips? Are they going to be knackered when you're fifty? <sighs> so. Ian, I'm doing it responsibly. Only it's probably only <laughs> please run. No, you do you do have a couple of rest days a week, and most of the runs are kind of shorter, very slow recovery runs. Um, and then every other day you kind of get some like intervals or hills or something like that. But it's not too many really fast Trun- chunky boys. Yeah, not many really fast, very difficult ones. It's mostly you know a nice little chill recovery run. Look. It's great. Um, well, Ollie, congratulations on your achievement. Uh, I've still been, you know, playing the old piano, still been learning that, been really enjoying it. Nothing to report, although what I'm finding is, because I've never actually properly sat down to learn an instrument before or learn how to read music, it's it's a very, very slow process and you've got to really enjoy you know, the kind of little victories that you get. You know, when you're learning something like that, I think you have to be down for being stuck on stuff for a long time and then making tiny little minute little um wins and then and then kind of like trying to say that little tiny little win is actually a big win and then you start making bigger wins and it's great does that make sense nice it does yeah i'm trying to like the only other thing that i have to compare it to is trying to learn guitar stuff i guess um so are you also trying to learn how to read um, music That's properly? correct. That, that is correct, yeah. That's probably where things get very tricky. That is something that I, I think is a serious challenge. Wow. <laughs> I think like learning by ear or in terms of like patterns of like um, keys to play and stuff like that, I think is kind of one thing, but learning it from actual sheet music is a sort of bigger deal. So if you're managing, nice oh, one, y- You know... Little wins, that's what I say. You know, so if anybody wants to learn something, you know, then do it. But all I'm saying is... <laughs> Take a leaf out um, of Ollie's book. Here's the thing. So when I was kind of younger, I just expected that... A little bit like that guy that I spoke to in the uh, interview earlier said that, you know, pretty much anything that you throw at them, they excel at. And I guess that's kind of how you feel a little bit when you're younger, you know, like I should be able to do this straight away and... I want to play the guitar. If it's not working straight away, it's a very frustrating experience. And I think as you get older, kind of understand that these things take a lot longer. 
Yeah, I... So you're saying patience is a virtue. That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, and just going back to uh, Michael Douglas, Mandy and I watched uh, Fatal Attraction last night. So we wanted to watch a horror movie. On the on the list, we had Fatal Attraction. We had the original Halloween, uh, The Guest, and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, and, we, and we went for Fatal Attraction. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. Wow. Um, but Michael Douglas very much... Um, playing Michael Douglas in it, bit of a bad boy in it. I mean, he's you know you can't like him. He's he's done a he's done a terribly bad thing, and it just you know it just goes way way out of control. Um, but what I was what I had a question for you. Obviously, there's that infamous uh, scene where um, Alex, played by Glenn Close, uh, breaks into the family home and um, boils the the bunny rabbit. <clears throat> Everybody knows that scene. It's it's coined a, you know, unfortunate phrase, I guess. If they were to do a sequel for um, Fatal Attraction, and let's say it was a bloke like this time, like just to make it interesting, how would they one up that scene? How what would he what what animal and what method of cooking would he have to employ to really? you know, up the stakes on the previous film. There's an obvious one, but I don't really want to go the dark route. Snake in a Breville? <laughs> I think I think to know that a man has gone completely insane, man would have to kill man's best friend. Ooh. Yeah, true. <laughs> um in a what's big so enough they'd, though? So they'd hot um, outdoor gas barbecue. Ooh. Okay. Um now, I think to show that a man's gone really insane, you could go slightly less harsh than killing a dog. What what really pushes you to the edge, Ollie? Bad interviews? Yeah, well, no. But I think I think people, a bit like Russell Crowe in, in um, that film, the stressed out film, Unhinged, uh, people driving too close to right. me. Just, you know, dangerous, aggressive drivers. And and what are the types of thing in Unhinged that show that he is in fact unhinged? He he's always having a load of pills, and then he hits someone over the head with a mug. Right, and he squints a lot. I like to go like slightly slightly more desperate, but like wandering the streets covered in like your own feces or something like that. You know, you've really gone. <laughs> You're really annoyed that you've been cheated on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just yeah. Okay, so you haven't really. So you're saying a a, a dog For, in a in a big barbecue smoke thing. Yeah, fatal attraction to man's best friend, canine, man's worst friend. Yeah, it's called man's worst friend. Canine barbecue. <laughs> okay, um, but other than that, Ian, I'm fine. Um, I will match your life score with it. An 8.5. How dare you? It's fine. Okay, let's creep dive. Yeah. Ian, what is a Halloween? <sighs> Starting to become one of those things that people complain about being uh, an Americ- Americana thing that has taken over the UK. Yeah, but it? everybody likes Halloween. Everybody Halloween. likes, everyone says they like autumn because you get the leaves, you get the different um, flavoured lattes and hot chocolates appearing in, in you know, most uh, coffee chains. Um, you eat a few more sweets than normal, I guess. And, and like, it's, you know, it's yeah. great to watch, you know, the odd scary movie as well. Yeah. You know, which is good. Well, a Halloween is is a is a big dress up evening in uh, October okay. isn't it that's a Halloween yeah and do you like do you like Halloween yeah I'm, I'm into it I've um, I've as an adult I've actually probably been more into it than I was when yeah. I was a too kid. scared when you were a child I suppose um, yeah too ill prepared as well I'd always end up like the day before Halloween going oh I don't know what I want to do and then like kind of putting together some crap costume I remember one year I went as the Incredible Hulk and I just tore loads of clothes up <laughs> and put green paint on myself. <laughs> that was that was one of the least well prepared ones. Was it was it um, green paint? But, yeah. Okay. Yes it was, yeah. So I had some I had some ideas for costumes um for you. Okay. And to be honest, they're really they're based purely on people who have dark hair and glasses. <laughs> Is one of them Harry Potter? Yes. Okay. Would you be up for that? No. 
<laughs> no. Uh, okay, so Harry Potter's not not in then in that case. Okay, fine. How about Jeff Goldblum as Doctor Ian Malcolm? No, we're not. We're not doing that one. Move on. He's not wearing glasses in the fly, is he? So I can't kind of swap him over for a brundle. It does. You don't have to keep the glasses in, do you? You've also got. Um, I've seen you wear contacts before. Yeah, could do. Yeah. So yeah, brundle. Brundle was on my list as well. The only problem is, is. Um, Jeff Goldblum's quite tall. He's cl- very yeah. tall. Well, you could just make sure that you're only around smaller people or dinosaurs. True, yeah. A couple of others. Um, you're not going to like these because they actually start getting quite scary. What about Walter the Softy from the Beano? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I could, I could do that, yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was more, I was definitely more Beano than... Uh, than Dandy. The Dandy was more Scottish, right? One was it? Well, it was made in Scotland. I thought it had some stuff in it that was. Was it always Desperate Dan, or was it? There's some other was comics Desperate, in it Desperate as well. Desperate Dan wasn't Scottish. Yeah, it was. It, that was made in uh, Dundee. Yeah, but it, but I thought he was like in Texas, with, Texas with cactuses and cow pie. Yeah, the character was. Sorry, I just what I meant by more Scottish was I didn't realise that it was um, as well known in England. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was. It was very much. A thing, um, yeah, I could, I could do that. <laughs> That's the thing. The the last escalation, the truly, truly scary one is. I think you could do a Jacob Rees Mogg. Hmm. That's it. That's far too <laughs> hmm. um, horrific. Yeah, I think so too. Let us know what you do go for with your Halloween costume. Probably going to be a mummy or something quite cheap. Will you put a picture up of it on our on our Instagram? Yeah. Confirmed. He will. Okay. Um, what's the what is going to happen? Do you reckon? Like, a, a, your your kids' party is just going to be in the house. Yeah, so there'll be some music. Like a, we'll a do rule of six party. Yeah, so we'll do some music. There'll be some like you know games. I guess like you know put your hand in the box and not like, worms or eyeballs or something like that. Um, you know maybe yeah. some uh, toffee apples. That's that's more. Is that Halloweeny or is that that's more? Bonfire night, isn't it? No, I think that's. But you, but you, uh, Bob for apples, though, don't you? You do, yeah, yeah. We might, we might watch a, a scary movie. Um, and I do actually have a list here. So I went to the Common Sense Media to see um, good horror films for kids. And uh, within our household, we've got okay um, ages eight, eleven, and fourteen. So. If I just go to eight, because it's in it's in age order. Uh, these are s- considered to be sort of scary films. So we've got Labyrinth for an eight-year-old. Okay. Never-ending story. Um. So Labyrinth. I think the only thing in it is that um, David Bowie's got a very sexually explicit crotch. <laughs> yeah. O- other than that, I think it's age appropriate. Okay. Um, do you think? Do you think they're scary? I don't know if Labyrinth or? is really. I don't know if it feels Halloweeny enough. Um, what was the other one you said there? Neverending Story. No, that not that one either. Yeah, it's kind it's of fantasy. fantasy. I mean, it's it? definitely got a couple of moments that are pretty scary, but it's not Halloween like. What about Hocus Pocus? Okay. So if we go to age yeah. eleven, um. We've got Ghostbusters. Okay. Would you say that's a uh, Halloweeny film? Yeah, definitely. I think so. It's got so. ghosts in it. Um, it's yeah, and it's also it's got a couple of moments in it where it's pretty scary. So I think Eleven makes sense for that. But overall, on the whole, it's pretty nice, clean, fun sort of movie, isn't it? Yeah, this paranormal eighties classic has some scares and innuendo. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe you just need to vet it before you watch it then. Um, Okay, so uh, we've also got Arachnophobia or Gremlins as well. There are two that you could maybe put on. But here we're going to get to the the real meat of it when the others have gone to bed and it's just, uh, you know, 14-year-old plus. They can watch A Quiet Place. Uh, The others, maybe... um, Signs could watch them. Um, if if only if they were one year older, it says here, Alien could watch Alien. So I'll be that? honest, Ollie, you broke you you broke up a little bit there, but um, I think Aliens an eighteen, isn't it? But what do you think is the is the okay age to watch Alien? 
six or seven. What? No, I think... I, what What age did you watch I, it? I probably watched it around like 13, 14, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but a little bit too young. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I haven't been scarred permanently from it and I don't think I acted out in any crazy way because of it at the time. So I think 13, 14 is probably fine. Okay. Yeah, I think that's good. What was the other one you said? The Others. Is The Others not quite okay. traumatic? Um, yeah, it's quite traumatic, yeah. The Others is pretty traumatic. I just kind of wanted to move on to things that I found scary. So I've this is not necessarily in any order, but these are all films that I found scary. So I'm just going to go through them. First of all, I've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I I feel that that one has it's it's about atmosphere because it's not particularly gory or anything yeah. like that. I mean, it's quite violent. The tone of it is very disturbing. And it stayed with me for months, if not years. I would agree with you there. Uh, on the Parents Guide on IMDb, it says, Overall, the general tone of the film is very dark and quite disturbing. Children are very likely to be disturbed by scary scenes and by the general atmosphere and characters in the film. I mean, I would not let a child watch that film um, at all. No, I think that's one where um, it... It gets you even when you're about 17 or 18. It's going to make you pretty... It's going to be an eye-opener for sure. So I don't think kids should be watching it. I've just got a couple of facts here that might make you think. Um, One of the things about the soundtrack is there's no music. There's no score. Um, The soundtrack contains no sounds from musical instruments with the exception of some copyrighted music they had. Uh, in you know playing in the car or, or what have whatever uh, instead they used the sounds an animal would hear inside a slaughterhouse Ooh, grim grim pretty grim. grim isn't it so do you recall recall the scene inside the house where they've kind of got everybody they've captured the girl and they're all sat around the dinner table having a big old crazy laugh um, eating bits of weird meat. <laughs> weird meat. Yes, I do. I do. You yeah, remember do. that, don't you? The cast later recalled that the stench from the rotten food and people's body odour was so terrible that some of the crew members passed out or became sick from the smell. Edwin Neal, who played the hitchhiker, claimed filming that scene was the worst time of my life. And I'd been to Vietnam uh, with people who were trying to kill me. So... I guess it shows how bad it was. So, you know, it was traumatic for the actors as well. And I think you can really tell. Yeah, it's pretty grim, isn't it? It's one of those things where you start getting into the realms of, you know, the trauma of making the thing is maybe not worth the outcome. You know, you know, Cannibal Holocaust and the fact that they ended up killing animals. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's very problematic. Um, and just one more fact. So uh, even in his lift boots, because he wanted needed to be made a little bit taller for to play Leatherface, uh, Gunnar Hansen could run faster than Marilyn Burns. Um, so he had to do random things when chasing her through the woods. Um, you'll notice in one shot that he starts slicing up tree branches in the background. So if he was just... If he was just... Um, mission focused he would have got yeah. no problem i think that adds to it though like he's just it makes him uh seem more maniacal doesn't it he's just like i'm gonna slice whatever i can yeah absolutely what a maniac um and just quickly going through the other ones so uh ring was one that gave me a sleepless night a sleepless um, night we, Singular. you know you know <laughs> well we, we, yeah well once we uh had finished watching the film actually we got a phone call, and this was about 11 o'clock at night. That was unnerving. Um, I actually had a... And I didn't expect this to happen. But I went to see Event Horizon at the cinema. I'll give you the official synopsis. Um, the official synopsis! The rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. Um... I mean that made it sound like a comedy, but it was it was um, very far from being a comedy. I got home, and I think I found it quite scary at the time, but it wasn't until I I got back and tried attempted to go to sleep that just so many of the images in the film just kept me uh, kept yeah. me up. 
some of the images that kept me up um, were, and this is this is this is from IMDb. A man, a man's appearance is frightening, as his face is completely covered with red cuts. <coughs> okay, that are well described. Yeah, um, a woman <laughs> with completely red bloodshot eyes is shown suddenly throughout the course of the movie, and the hallucinations with her in uh, are very frightening and uncomfortable to watch. And I also remember there was a bit where they're, they're watching this video of the previous crew that had been through this sort of, you know, event horizon thing um, and had been to hell. And they were just all there eating each other and had their eyeballs in their hands and things like that. And it was just really like very, very graphic, uh, very horrific. Um, I think that's I think that's what I was getting at with my suggestion for the fatal attraction uh sequel like the crew had just gone completely manic you need to you need to really up the ante for the sequel um and i'm just gonna running around with eyeballs and poo in your hand just one more so uh the fly um is a film that took me and i thought i was a a pretty hardened uh horror guy when i was about 14 (laughs) Um, i'd seen hellraiser uh i'd seen a few films but the fly was one that i had to turn off I found it very gory uh, and it turned my stomach, uh, especially the uh, arm wrestling scene, which I thought was pretty, pretty gross. Some things from IMDb here. The ending is very depressing and heartbreaking, it says in, in frightening scenes. I think it is. I think it's very, very heartbreaking. The scenes in the gore section may disturb some. It's very hard to watch, even for adults, and I would agree to, agree to this. It's, it's, I, I don't know how that film ever got made especially the scene with a baboon, the arm break, the maggot baby, and the last 10 minutes, as is much of Brundle's physical decay. I, I don't know how it got made because it was it was quite such a... I mean, first off, it had come from, I guess, quite a classic yeah. old film. And then just the extent of the gore and the grisliness and the body horror, you kind of wonder how it ever got funded and how they how it was ever okayed i mean was it off the back of something like the thing where people were just up for really grisly things yeah i don't know i think um when you call them out like that those <laughs> those things are pretty um i don't know i guess like maybe they just got greenlit went off and did it and didn't talk to the producers too much <laughs> didn't tell anybody and then when they got it back they're like well you know if you remove this none of the rest yeah, of it will make true. sense um and very quickly, I've got I've got some films that um, I guess wanted to be scary, but they just aren't. Uh, Resident Evil, it's not scary. No, too much CG. Yeah, all the CG in it is. Uh, although I think the dogs that are covered in meat look all right. Although they, but they're just dogs covered in meat, Ian. But then they do just jump in the air wildly. I don't know which one that yeah. is. Even like I've watched them all, but now I completely forget which one that those appear in. Oh, come on. I can't believe you've watched all of the Resident Evil films, but when I say, Ian, you know, reckon you have some time to watch, you know, Lord of the Rings, you're like, nah, mate. I'm a different time in my life, Ollie. I would have watched them if I was still a single guy in my pants in my house, but, you know, I've got a got a really um, justified movie time at the moment. I watched, by the way, I watched Wishmaster the other day, so I'm completely lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2 they're very bad in fact Halloween's tagline is family is forever which is also very fast and furious and also very shit family. tattoo uh, territory forever. and then there's a there's a movie called fear.com and I can't imagine anything uh, less scary than a website That that's a good list thank you how would you like to do a little segment that I've made? It's a true or false, um, and it's going to be around the deaths or dialogue from Dario Argento movies. Go on. So it's Arge- Argento or Argent? No. Okay. Um, so, actually, I said deaths and dialogue. I've ended up just doing deaths. Um, okay. So... You have to decide whether these are things that appear in real Dario Argento films or whether they're things I've just made up. Okay, so to kick us off, question one. 
This is the description of a death. A student is pushed through a stained glass ceiling window and is hung on a power cord on the way down. Simultaneously, all the shards of glass fall down and kill an onlooking student. Argento or Argent no? Argent yes. That's that's Suspiria. <laughs> yes, I thought I'd get you kicked off on one that was relatively well known. So yeah, it's Suspiria. It's the double death at the beginning of the 1977 original. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> exactly. It's a bog-off death. Um, yeah. Okay, question number two. A budding singer in an operatic chorus is smashed through the body of a cello. The killer then slowly garrots her with its strings and the black-gloved... Sorry, black-gloved? Black-gloved killer then proceeds to play some notes of Vivaldi's Four Seasons on the remaining strings as the singer dies in agony. Argento or Argent no? I'd say Argento purely because I think the description's too well written for you to have... It's too creative. I'm afraid, Ollie, that's not an Argent yes. That's an Argent no. Um, I made it up, but I kind of threw in some things. So he has actually... There is a movie called uh, Opera, which... So okay. basing it in the opera kind of makes sense. Well, so there's a slight copyright issue here. No, this is this is me laying in some red herrings for you. Um, okay. And then all the all the killers have um, black gloves generally. So black that gloves. was a okay. Yeah. So what that? Okay, okay carry on. question three. Um, Argento or Argent? No, a man is drowning several cats in Central Park. Hundreds of rats from a nearby drain crawl over him and begin gnawing his flesh and eating him alive. A hot dog vendor hears his cries for help and begins to rush over. The man screams in pain as the hot dog vendor runs the long distance around the pond to get to him. And when he finally arrives, he hacks the man's head off. Argento or Argento? I want it to be yes, so Argento. Yes, it is. That's correct. And what's that from? So that's from Inferno, which is also part of the series that Suspiria is from. Um, It's from 1980. It's another one that looks visually brilliant. Like all the indoor, sorry, uh, interior scenes are shot in a similar sort of like pinky blue sort of style that a lot of the uh, Suspiria stuff looks like. Um, The man was drowning the cats, not nonchalantly, but in fact, because they were... Um, rabid, and it was due to the fact that they were from the house of the Mother of Darkness, who was oh, part. That yeah. So there's a whole thing of like there are three mothers who are kind of like it's all based on witchcraft, and they are spread out across the world, and the the places where they live are sort of centers of the dark arts. Mm. Um, there's a great line there where the man who's being eaten says, "Rats are eating me." Um, and is it obvious? Yeah. It's quite obvious that that's what's happening. Yeah. He's absolutely covered in them. Um, so, what have you, how have you done so far? Question one, you got because it was Suspiria. Question two, you didn't because that was made up. and You thought it was so good, it couldn't have been fake. Question three, you've got right. So, you're, you're two for three. Okay. Two more to go. Question okay. four, a student who loses the rest of her school trip group in the Swiss hills as their coach drives off without her looks for help in a seemingly deserted nearby house. She is chased by a stranger who finally gets hold of her and chops her head off with a pair of scissors. That's a lot of the head coming off. I'd say that's a no. That's an Argent yes. I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, I was using your technique there to kind of preempt more like the you know, where you're, where you're going with the yeses and the noes and the ordering. But. <laughs> so it was an absolute guess. Yeah. I've, ha- I've had a lot of yeses. I'm going to go for a no. Yeah. Um, no, this is Phenomena starring Jennifer Connelly. Um, John Travolta. And, no, Donald Pleasance and a chimpanzee. So not far off of John Travolta, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, um, I think it's actually been released as Creepers and, you know, all these films have like, different names in different countries and stuff but that one's on Prime at the moment if you want to watch it it's not his best but it's still got some brilliant stuff in it um, okay and that, so you're now uh, two for four so let's see if you can get three out of five at least this is the decider this is the decider to see if you win 
Um, okay, question five. In Rome, a school teacher is chased down a busy street. The woman runs into the theatre with the killer in hot pursuit. Running up the stairs of the main auditorium, she enters the projection room and runs up to a window to escape from. Seeing a large fire escape to jump towards, she opens the window and prepares to jump, but the killer arrives just in time and hacks a kitchen knife at her ankle, and as she jumps, she instead falls. Free-falling, she's skewered on a hot pink neon light, advertising the production in the theatre, which begins to flicker and light up the skin of her body. It's really... I mean, if you have written that one, um, I'm concerned. Um, But I think I'm still going to be trying to play the numbers game, so I'm going to say no, I think you've made it up. Yes, you're correct. I made that one. Yes, so I win. I win. I win. Uh, three out of five. It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. No, it's pretty good. In fact, um, I made that one up again. It's a mix of stuff. So he was the producer on Demons, which is set in a cinema or a theatre. Yeah. And then just it. sticking in uh, hot pink neon was like sort of colour palette related. So anyway, he did very well, Ollie. Give yourself a okay. Give yourself a pat on the back, or just give someone else a pat on the back and see what they say. Ollie, I'd yeah. like you to guess whether you think um, the thing after my beginning thing, which is Gremlins, the movie Gremlins, I want you I want you to guess whether the subsequent things I tell you are either scarier to me or less scary to me. Right, so think of Gremlins. Okay. You've seen Gremlins, haven't you? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, scarier or less scary, Alien. I think you'd probably find Alien scarier. Correct. You're off to a good start. Nice. Well done. Um, so, thinking of aliens, what did I think of The Invisible Man from 2020? More or less scary? Less scary. You're right. Less scary. Mate, you're nailing it. Um, yeah. I was going to go with Freddy Krueger as the next one, but because he's so... Mm-hmm. His initial incarnation is so dark, and then he becomes like a bit of a laughing stock, I, I decided uh, not yeah. to go with Freddy Krueger because he's too inconsistent. What do you think? scarier or less scary than, than the invisible man jason Voorhees. i i don't know i think still a bit daft so i'd, I'd probably still think that you may have found the concept of a, a man that feels the need to be invisible a scarier concept than jason Voorhees that has no grounding in reality whatsoever i'm afraid you're wrong i think jason's definitely better than the invisible ah. man scarier I uh, know. Oh, what? Hold on a minute. You didn't say better. Scarier. You said yeah, scarier. scarier. Okay. Child. Okay. Um, Child. You've already mentioned it. Oh no! Sorry, I've skipped one. Sorry. Uh, so scarier or less scary um, than Jason Voorhees? It's Ryan. Ren- sorry, Ryan Reynolds playing his Ryan Reynolds character. I think more more irritating. So I think you still find Voorhees scarier, but you're, you'd find. Reynolds no, I'm, I'm saying scary. I, d- I don't like... That's something I'm, I'm scared of seeing. So I've gone scarier. Um, <laughs> okay. More or less scary than Ryan Reynolds. Um, I can't say his name and his his alliteration. It's too much for my tongue. Um, the movie... Ryan Reynolds. Um, a Quiet Place. You mentioned it earlier. Higher or lower? I, I, I think the, the concept of not being able for you to not be able to talk um, <laughs> is quite scary. So I'd say more scary. I'm afraid I went less scary. I was thinking of the movie okay. in, rather than the concepts within it specifically. Um, if I had to live in a quiet place, maybe. Um, okay, next is Dieter Laser as the scientist in The Human Centipede. Than the quiet yeah. place. Um, I think, I, I mean, you've got to find the him more scary because of what he could potentially yeah, do. Uh, you're, if you're wound up in that scenario. You're spot on. I do find him more scary. Front, middle or back. It's not, <laughs> you know, not ideal. This is not ideal. Um, okay, number eight in my list. Tom Six, the director of The Human Centipede. Mm, yeah, because, I mean, it has come from his mind. Um, but ultimately... He's probably quite. He's probably harmless. He's probably just a bit of an edge lord. I'd say less scary. I've I've gone more scary. I'm afraid. So you're wrong on that one. He does appear to be somewhat of a creep. But um, then I mean I'm the one saying that, and I wrote that description of that death 
that you thought was yeah. too much. So, you so, know. I hope you're the last one. All right. Myself. More or less scary than Tom Six. The movie Hereditary. It's probably something you found scary. I've not, I've not actually seen oh. it, but I'd say scarier. Okay. I actually went less scary because that was a real man who's a real creep, and this is just a movie. But that's not to say, actually, Hereditary is not a scary film. It was it's probably one of the ones that's creeped me out the most in the last few years. Wow. Um, okay. All right. The next one, The Terminator, more or less scary. Less. Than Hereditary. Yeah. It's got cool stuff in it. Look, car chases and stuff. You're right. It's less scary. Well done. Coventry Town Centre. More or less scary than The Terminator. More scary. Yeah. <laughs> were you were you thinking that's true or were you guessing what I thought? Some, some nights it's much scarier. Yeah. Um, the concept of pubs shutting at 10pm. More or less um, scary than Coventry Town Centre. Less. Yeah, less scary. You're right. I reckon you're, you're getting to be more into early nights. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, how about unsupervised corona kids? More scary because that's very tangible of what damage could, You're could right. happen. What about sort of poor time estimates for uh, quiz segments? <laughs> There's only like three left, right? So um, <laughs> Weatherspoon's pre-lunchtime, more or less scary than corona kids? Uh, could, I mean, same same scenario, I guess. So um, more, more yeah. scary. Threat of violence. We've had a succession well. of only escalating scariness. <laughs> Um, the movie okay. Eden Lake. Oh, some more scary. Yeah, and oh. I think I agree with you on the um, on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. It's to do with just like being very unsettling, like the violence yeah. being extremely unsettling. Okay, next Jesse Eisenberg acting more or less scary than Eden Lake. Less, because he's he's good in a uh, social network. I'm afraid I said scarier. Okay. <laughs> then the final one: sleeping in a house that has cats in it. More or less scary than Jesse Eisenberg's For you acting. and your nose, definitely more. Yeah, you're right. It's the scariest thing on the list. Um, and actually, I had my nose checked for allergies recently, and I've got three different allergies. Which are? One of them is cat dander. Okay, great. Um, Luckily for me, dog dander is not a problem. What, so what are the other allergies? Um, one was just um, household dust, and I can't remember what the other one was. It's something I think it's a, like an air pollutant to do with like kind of traffic and cars or something. Okay. Three, three out of the most um, common ten allergies. <laughs> Allergy <laughs> man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what have you got? Yeah, great. Um, I'm going to quickly go through this. So, uh, very similar to what you've just had. Uh, what What's scarier, hot or cold? Hot. What, against ice and being frozen to death? But being burned alive and your skin coming off. Trapped under ice. Calming. You'd fall asleep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's scarier, height or depth? <laughs> Think about it. The vastness of the ocean, like being like, you know, down there, what's down there, or being up really high. I'm going to say height. What's scarier. It's more tangible what can happen when you fall from a height. Okay, uh, and finally, can width be scary? In your case, absolutely. But it's a good thing you're doing all this running. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. Um, can width be scary? Something so wide, it freaks you out. I think out. the things. The only thing I can think of like that is you know those huge earth-moving trucks. Like, yeah. okay, they're tall, but also like. They're really wide. So you couldn't outrun it left, right, or away. <laughs> Tell that to the people that made Prometheus. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I okay. think that's probably it, yeah. Width can be if it's an earth-moving JCB digger Okay, you thing. heard it here first. Width can be scary. Uh, and finally, I've just got the uh, <clears throat> quick name game for okay. you, Ian. Are you ready? Okay. And this is quite halloween based so see okay. how you do you know you have to think fast mike myers correct freddy flintoff what prince junior <sighs> uh jason and the argonauts isaacs john <sighs> frusciante oh no it's not movies. candy like candy man uh. john candy norman bates redus <sighs> kathy bates uh-huh correct uh, Jason and the Argonauts Bateman <sighs> Susan Sarandon 
Saw Randon, correct. <laughs> Saw Randon. Chuck. Did you say Chuck? Yeah. Uh, Barry? Norris. And Ted... Bundy! Danson. Damn it. You didn't do, you didn't do very well. What was Ted Danson in the scary... What's the scary movie he's in? Ted Bundy. Ted Danson plays Chuck. Ted Bundy. Chuck. Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. Susan Saw Randon. Uh-huh. Jason Bateman, like Patrick Bateman. Uh-huh. Kathy Bates, like, you know, Norman Bates. Norman Reedus, like Norman Bates. John Candy, like Candyman. Jason Isaacs, Jason Voorhees. Freddy Krueger, Prince Jr. And Mike, Mike, Mike Myers. I'm, I'm sorry that in the quick fire round, my brain wasn't quite able to extend to the fact that I was naming one person who was then also supposed to allude to another person. Yep. Uh, well, think I just of, had to step it up a level. Think of two people every time I throw a name at you. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, um, well, right. that, I think that's all we've got time for, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Really, to be honest, should have wrapped this up half an hour ago. If yeah. you like the podcast, then you can let us know by liking it on whatever the podcast platform that you've got is. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram, at GOF Podcast, or on Twitter, at GOF Podcast. But that's it. We don't need to do everything. The people that are listening, they know their stuff already. Yeah. So, great. Bye. You didn't get the job. Oh, yeah, and I also, I decided I didn't want it because I'm not willing to shave all my upper body hair. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.